you ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with the top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk All Around Sports. Here's your host, John Inglesby. Voice America listeners, welcome to my 326th ever show of All Around Sports. Reach Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. We broadcast live from Boston to go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened this weekend and what's ahead for the week. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net comes to me through my website at iirsportsoneword.com. As always, I will give you my highlights, lowlights, and bizarre news items of the past week. Also, we will be joined next segment by our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. Well, my highlight of the week is Tiger Woods completing one of the greatest career comebacks in sports history. Yesterday was simply very, very special stuff as he won the tour championship down in Atlanta. And I don't think any of us will soon forget his walk down the 18th fairway. That was truly, truly special stuff. You can't get that anywhere else in golf and for my money, you can't get anywhere else in all of sports. It was just a tremendous moment. Reminded me a bit of what they do at the British Open when the final golfer comes through, especially if he's uh, the potential winner and all the crowd fills in behind him on the 18th. And not something we've really seen much of here in America. Uh, so, all credit to both PGA and East Lake country club officials for allowing it to happen it was simply tremendous when he and rory were talking and the entire screen behind them were just filled with spectators running the gallery running up to surround him be behind him the aerial shots it was just uh classic footage. I think we're going to be seeing it forever. I really do. I, I think in many ways it's might be the way, uh, the visual by which Tiger Woods is remembered. Uh, and he's had a lot of visuals to which he could be remembered by. So it was just remarkable. He, of course, entered Sunday with a three-shot lead. Uh, high drama in that he had never uh, lost a tournament when he led by three strokes or more in his career. And uh, to see him just simply hold the lead uh, in the second iteration of his career, there are no guarantees. Um, so he was, uh, you know, able to do what we've all been waiting basically all long, all year long for him to do which was, uh, you know, he's been on the leaderboard on Sunday for brief moments, uh, including some big tournaments this year. And, you know, he, we, he made, he's done a lot of good things that we all loved, but until yesterday, he just simply hadn't closed the deal, i.e. hadn't won a tournament. But 
it all changed. And what a boom for the world of golf. What perfect timing, meaning this is the memory that we can end this season with, carry over into next season. I saw where he's already the favorite to win the Masters. Who would have ever, ever thought that a mere six, seven months ago? Um, So it's just huge for the PGA and get that drumbeat going as we roll into next year, which really gets going with, you know, the Florida swing in March. Of course, it starts much earlier, but uh, it just heats up and builds till that first weekend in April when it's the Masters. And so, again, it takes away all the potential off-season questions, wondering, you know, what are we in for next year? Uh, the big question, can he ever close the deal? Will he ever close the deal again? Uh, that's Those were all answered yesterday. It leaves really just one remaining question that I think we all know the answer to. Can he win another major or more importantly, a few more majors to potentially pass Jack Nicklaus as the most majors of all time. Of course, yesterday was his 80th win. That's a milestone. So there was more than just uh, winning a tournament. It was kind of a special tournament for him to win. And uh, just great, great stuff all weekend long. But uh, I don't think anything was could prepare us for what we ended up seeing on that 18th fairway and around the green. It was just tremendous, tremendous sports stuff. You don't get it very often, but when you get it, you got to savor it. And certainly I did. And I think the entire world of golf and frankly, the entire world of sports and beyond uh, just loved everything they saw yesterday. So uh, now we get into some NFL talk and again it was just another fabulous weekend there's just nothing like nfl weekends <laughs> you know except maybe tiger uh winning a golf tournament <laughs> um but i'll start off with my bizarre story of the week which is the buffalo bills winning against all odds i think they it was the biggest uh uh underdog to win a game in years and years start with that uh, nobody ever gave him a chance. I'm in a knockout pool. I think 80% of the people had picked the Vikings to beat the Bills. Uh, so much for that. <laughs> and uh, it was just incredible. I, I think the Bills had, in most people's minds, become the new Browns. And that was that, going up against the Vikings at home. And that tremendous defense of theirs. And the Bills just simply made them look silly. I mean... They not only jumped out to a huge 24 nothing lead, their guys were wide open on some of those plays. So it was just remarkable. And most importantly, it reinforced my theory, uh, particularly applicable to the NFL, which is what I'll call the most desperate role, meaning uh, the most desperate team in need of a victory often wins when you least expect it. Uh, and it wasn't just the Bills yesterday. I'd have to with the Seattle Seahawks winning their first game in that category, the New York Giants, even last Thursday night, the Cleveland Browns. Most importantly, and the second most shocking uh, score of the week was the Detroit Lions uh, 
getting Matt Patricia his first ever victory as a head coach, beating, of course, his mentor, Bill Belichick and the Patriots, and pretty much dominating that game. Uh, I would, I'd say there's a mini panic setting it, setting in here in Boston, uh, for the simple reason that they've had their tough losses over the years. I think Kansas city chiefs, that famous Monday night game a few years back that spawned the, we're on to Cincinnati, uh, bite. <laughs> still lives today from Bill Belichick. I think it was the very next day and still part of the lexicon. Uh, but what's different here is they've lost two in a row and look bad losing both. Of course, last week, the Jaguars, who lost yesterday at home after winning their first couple games. Uh, so the Patriots lost the Jaguars last week. They looked even worse in losing to the Lions last night, who really completely dominated the game. Shocking, shocking result. Um, so... Uh, you just never know in the NFL, and that's what makes it so great and truly America's pastime, America's sport. Um, you truly, on any given Sunday, in any given game, can have uh, an underdog even as big as the Buffalo Bills were yesterday uh, win a game. So that's the beauty of the NFL. Uh, so the Patriots, just back to the Patriots. Uh, Huge game this week. You know, we're on to Miami, so to speak. Uh, the Dolphins are coming into Foxborough in what is a must-win in September. And uh, Foxborough is going to be electric. I'll say one thing about Patriots fans, and I'm a longtime season ticket holder. Uh, they show up when they need to, and they need to show up this uh, this Sunday. I remember that Cincinnati game, and it was the same feeling of desperation after they had gotten trounced by the Chiefs, and fans showed up big time. I think that was a night game, and they just demolished the Bengals back in the day, and uh, there will be full-blown panic if the Patriots do not win this game at home against the undefeated Dolphins coming into 3-0, and so that's going to be good stuff. Uh, to say the least. And speaking of uh, must-wins in September, uh, the other unlikely team finding themselves in that position, of course, the Pittsburgh Steelers tonight going against Fitzmagic, i.e. Ryan Fitzpatrick and the undefeated Tampa Bay Bucks down in Tampa Bay. Uh, Steeler Nation travels like no other. I grew up in the Pittsburgh area. Uh, you can rest assured they will be there big time tonight. The Steelers are going to need it. Uh, the melodrama surrounding the Steelers this year is just uh, uh, just hard to believe for that team. It's uh, not something we're used to seeing. Now there's reports that Le'Veon Bell is on the trading block. Um, Antonio Brown's actions from last week. Uh, it's just been a mess up to now. And... So Steelers back to the wall and Tampa Bay Bucks flying high at home. Uh, massive game down there in Tampa Bay. It's going to be great. And uh, just cannot wait to watch. This is going to be special stuff. And finally, my low light of the week is Jimmy Garoppolo uh, 
having to leave the game yesterday for what appeared to be an ACL uh, MRI today. I haven't heard anything yet, but if indeed he's out for the season with an ACL, that will be usually disappointing. Uh, it's amazing how closely all New England Patriot fans follow Jimmy G. He was a big favorite up here before being traded to the 49ers. And uh, we'll wait and see, but all reports indicate it could be an ACL and out for the year. So that would be really, really uh, disappointing. They, of course, lost to the Chiefs yesterday, who are just simply lighting it up. Um, unbelievable. Patrick Mahomes is just special. His right arm is uh, the best thing I've seen since Aaron Rodgers. Uh, through a pass yesterday, just an absolute bullet on the run uh, that, in my mind, only Aaron Rodgers can throw that pass. And Patrick Mahomes is younger and probably throws it even a little better than Aaron Rodgers. So they're, what they're doing is nothing short of amazing. Um, so uh, quite the team to watch, to say the least. So now let's take our break, and next up will be our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well, so don't go anywhere. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Get ready for the Get Down with Hurley Brown. Want to get inside of the minds of the players and coaches? We'll talk everything sports, but with a focus on the NFL, NBA, and college football. We'll review and preview the week's big games. We'll talk about the draft choices and free agents and go inside the teams for news, recruiting, and what's next from the colleges to the pro teams. It's the Get Down with Hurley Brown. Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific, on Voice America Sports. Are you ready for a broad look at everything to do with the world of sports? If so, tune in to the Mike Abadir Show. It's a unique perspective to the connections between sports and business. Host Mike Abadir has negotiated numerous deals in the NFL. Along with co-host Gino Bacola, Mike will bring his expertise, discussion, and some terrific guests to the airwaves. Listen live for the Mike Abadir Show every Thursday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now... Back to the show.
Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports, and I am your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, and it's that time of the show when our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well, joins us. And A.P., how are you doing today? Hey, I'm doing great, John. Thanks so much for having me on the show. Well, thank you for joining us. We love having you on the show every week. And uh, as always, you were in attendance at uh, number one Alabama's game in Tuscaloosa on Saturday, where they did a number on Texas A&M and Jimbo Fisher, the same way they've been doing a number on uh, on everybody else this year. And AP, this team is... Uh, They've been. They spent a lot of time as the number one team in the country over the past half dozen or so years under Nick Saban. But this team looks different. I mean, they look like an absolute juggernaut, and uh, they're really, really something to watch these days. Yeah, John. I think the big difference for Alabama, if people who have followed the team these past ten plus years, eleven years is Tua Tungavailoa, he can really dominate a game because of his accurate passing, superior vision, and his ability to make a plays even when the blocking by the offensive line breaks down. There's no question that Alabama, you can now see the full measure of their talents in all these recruiting through the years of number one classes. The tight ends are good, the running backs, the wide receivers, but it's not where you go for two, three games and you're saying, gee, I haven't seen the tight end catch the ball in a while. I haven't seen this particular receiver catch the ball in a while. It's every game they're getting a chance to, sh- to uh, show out. Yes, and nothing will build, you know, team chemistry like that, uh, distributing the ball, so to speak, getting everybody involved. Uh, it does show off the depth. We did touch last week on, you know, uh, Tom Brady's career has been rooted and the foundation has been the way he's always distributed the ball to numerous receivers and running backs. So everybody feels involved and Tua uh, is doing exactly that early in his career. Uh, We're just talking, you know, just a handful of starts. Uh, But I believe he threw for the most yards ever in his career on Saturday. Was it 387, I believe? 387, yeah, that should be the top number. Yeah, I don't recall him, you know, those, those couple of starts being over 387. Yeah, he, he was terrific. But as you said, John, he can make all these players happy. I guess he is called a professor of chemistry. <laughs> there you go. I like it. I like it. Hey, you know, uh, someone with his name needs a, uh, a good nickname. And uh, uh, that could be at AP, so... Uh, maybe you should trademark that, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You, ne- you never know. It seems to be a, uh, it seems to be a thing nowadays, uh, <laughs> trademarking famous phrases. Uh, um, but yeah, so I got to ask you the Alabama fan base. I mean, they have to be excited and oh, by the way, you know, speaking of the word excited, you know, you're playing, Alabama's playing the most exciting brand of football that I can remember ever under Saban. Like, going, I'm sure going to the games, being there in person, you know, with what 
Tua can do and all the passing and all that is just, uh, you know, you know, generated the fan base big time. Um, I would assume you're there. You would know. Yeah. Yeah. Jack covering the team. I mean, Saban, Nick Saban has spoken many years of improving the vertical passing game. And with Tua, I mean, he's the perfect candidate. And now you get to see a Jerry Judy break ankles when he makes a move out there on these defense, you know, with these defensive backs and, and you get to see uh, Hal Hedges, who was a tight end in high school, who caught a lot of touchdowns. He had two for the first time in his career, one game. I never thought I'd even see that occur. And so he was he was ear to ear, you know, smiling when I asked him the question. When was the last time he had two touchdowns in a game? And he told me in high school. So, uh, it, and then you see the running backs, and you know, everyone just you know getting their touches and the chance to make plays in the open field because that's the excitement of of football is the plays in the open field. Oh, absolutely. No question about it. Um, and everybody loves a passing game, especially the, in this day and age where, you know, everybody else is passing, uh, you know, it has that seven on seven feel. And I don't mean that in a negative way. I mean, it's what we all want to see. We're seeing it in the NFL as well. Record breaking amount of touchdowns through the first few weeks, like most touchdowns ever scored. And, uh, you know, it's, it's the same in college. We've been seeing it for a few years. And uh, just while I'm talking about the NFL, I, I should just interject. I was thinking of you yesterday and all the Alabama fans when uh, Calvin Ridley lit it up for the Atlanta Falcons, had three touchdown receptions, if I'm not mistaken. He did. I happened to watch that game, John, and Calvin, he's – can break some ankles himself on some of those catches that he makes and tries to elude the defenders. He has good hands, runs excellent routes. He's soaking up all the knowledge he can from his fellow Alabama teammate Julio Jones, and he's right. a very productive player. And he, he's similar into Julio, and he's a really hard worker. He's all business on that field. He likes to cut up. You know, you know, he has a sense of humor, of course. But when he's on right. the football field, he's all business. Yeah, I mean, you know, without knowing exactly, I'm assuming that he's his statistics already are better than Julio's this year. And you know, but you know, Julio's going to get going. Uh, clearly, one of the top two or three receivers in the league for years. And you know, once he gets going, and Calvin and if Calvin Ridley keeps going, that is going to be a serious dual threat. Um, and Julio just being on the field is a threat, period. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I have to just uh, – I, I assume that, you know, you would know this better than me, of course. You're down there in Alabama, but, you know, Alabama fans, who do they typically like in the NFL? I'm assuming it's either Atlanta or New Orleans, uh, but I'm guessing right now it might start tilting towards Atlanta. Yes, yeah, Atlanta is a long-time team, you know, since, since what, 1966, I think they've had a team. Correct, and exactly right. And New Orleans was around, was in New Orleans maybe 67? Yeah, same time. And they then, were both born around the same time. Yeah, and then the, the newer team that moved up from Houston, the Titans, some of the North Alabama fans, they, they like the Titans. But, but uh, yeah, they, they favor those three those three teams, Sean, that they really like. Uh, Atlanta, New Orleans, and 
the Titans as well. And, and John, oh, by the way, I just wanted to mention this. The Offensive Player of the Week in the SEC was Tua Tungavailoa, and the Co-Defensive Player of the Week was Isaiah Bugs, the defensive end who had, I think it was three sacks. And so he's really coming on as a defender for Alabama. He's a vocal leader, but he's really playing well at his position. Wow. Very impressive. Much deserved. So, you know, given what's happening in so many of the other conferences, Big Ten had a rough couple weeks, a rough week a couple weeks back. ACC, really rough week this past weekend. Uh, so, um, you know, the SEC West is clearly uh, established itself as the best, you know, half conference again in the country. Uh Overall, the SEC has, if I'm not mistaken, four teams in the top top ten. That's an amazing number, 40% yes. of it. Right, yes, yeah, very impressive. And, of course, the game that I was kind of had my eye looking towards was that Mississippi State at Kentucky. Right, I watched, I watched the end of that game. Serious excitement by Kentucky, boy. That was a big one. Yeah, that they have that excellent running back uh, Snell, and he had Correct. I think four touchdowns in the game, and he they have a good, pretty good offensive line, and then he just runs over everybody else. He does, uh, yeah. He had an amazing game, including sealing the game at the end with a nice run. He is related to the New York Jets' famous running back uh, Matt Snell, who I believe scored the only touchdown for the Jets in their famous Super Bowl upset of the Colts in 1969. So uh, quite the lineage, to put it mildly. Uh, but, yeah, it, it's fun to see, you know, a school like Kentucky emerge. They've been, you know, uh, nibbling around the edges, shall we say, in recent years, an upset here and an upset there. Uh, but now, uh, now it looks like they're the real deal once and for all. Oh, yeah, I'm loving it that Kentucky has a good football team. And uh, Coach Stoops, you know, he's this type yep. of personality that I think he, he can take players and they're maybe on the fringe, and he's developed them, develops them over time because they're not the top stars. But in uh, Snell, I did not know that, John. I'm glad you mentioned that about Matt Snell. Yeah. Uh, the relationship. Because he reminds me of him the way he runs over people. Correct, correct. Uh, he was just huge in that game, and I even saw a post-game video of him, uh, you know, very animated, uh, fired up, and, you know, basically sending the message that, uh, you know, the uh, Wildcats are here to stay, and there's more to come. Uh, I, I loved it, and yeah, I think it's great to see, uh, you know, Kentucky uh become a football school so to speak or or you know improve what they've been and uh i think it's just great and it just further elevates you know the sec i mean what do we got here alabama obviously number one uh georgia number two lsu number five um so it's three in the top five from the sec that is really really quite remarkable yeah, at this stage of the game, that's before they beat each other up. <laughs> correct, correct. Um, yeah, and now Kentucky, you know, is, uh, you know, 
is there with their 4-0 start. So it's, uh, yeah, so they have five teams overall in the poll. So it's just really uh, impressive. And lucky you, you get to cover it. You're right down there in the heart of SEC country. So uh, could be one of the funnest years ever. And that's saying something. Oh, yeah, this is going to be a pretty good year for the league, I believe, because there's they're so strong. I mean, when you have Kentucky coming on and Mississippi State has all the returning players and LSU seems to have found a quarterback that can be productive. You know, Auburn, they have the one loss. They, you know, they have the makings of a good uh, team as well. And Georgia's very strong in the east, Florida. They trounce Tennessee. Yep. So we're going to see how they things shake out on that side. Who will be competitive for the Bulldogs because uh, they're, I think they're a much better team than anyone on that side. But we shall see. The game's played on the field, not a, not uh, on paper. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, it's going to be some great weekends coming up. Uh, and coming up now, hard to believe, is our break. These segments go quickly. Uh, but. Why don't we take our break right now? Still have a whole lot of college football to get to from what was yet another exciting weekend with some massive upsets and comebacks. And we'll get to that on the other side. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's a tough shot. Got it. school to the pros we, we cover, everything. cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports okay sports fans here's your opportunity to discuss football america's favorite sport on an annual basis millions of people attend watch and listen to football both pro and college ray ellis sports an internet talk radio show was developed with the fan in mind join host former philadelphia eagles and cleveland browns strong safety ray ellis on voice america sports every tuesday at 1 p.m pacific for exciting interactive football discussions from the fans perspective tune in every tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network and let's talk football. Have we got a high-energy, all-access sports show for you? It's Outside the Huddle, starring Lemond Williams. Each week, join Lemond as he takes callers, discusses the week's top stories in the world of sports, and sits down with active and former players to discuss their transition from sports to business. Outside the Huddle is a great resource for players making career transitions both on and off the field. Tune in Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 Central, and 5 Pacific. For Outside the Huddle on the Voice America Sports Channel. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. 
Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need a bitch's ass and then move oh, on. I just, and get I just ready think that the coach made a mistake. Oh, crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports, and I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. And A.P., we covered the uh, Alabama victory over Texas A&M, which you covered on Saturday down in Tuscaloosa, and we expanded that to cover uh, the SEC West and the SEC in general. But uh, there was amazing games on Saturday, starting with the nationally televised 8 p.m. Eastern time Stanford-Oregon game, where basically the Ducks dominated the entire game, they had basically had it won. They could have or should have been in victory formation at the end with the with the lead down around the 5 or 10-yard line of Stanford. And this was a home game as well in Autzen Stadium. Very loud, I might add. And, uh, and lo and behold, the quarterback fumbled. And it was a scoop and score from 90-plus yards for Stanford, which then went into, on to win in overtime and really one of the most unlikely comebacks in recent memory, and certainly so far this year. It was just amazing, and Stanford celebrated like they had just won the national championship. It was really uh, great stuff to see, and Oregon and their fans were simply devastated, to put it mildly. Yeah, they should have been devastated, John, because I think it was 24 to 7 at one point, and you're at home, and you have to protect that type of lead, and then you're within scoring another touchdown or at the end of the game, or or, or you could take the victory formation and you lose the football, and they're running the other way, and then you lose in overtime. It, that's very difficult to recover. Uh, from if, when it happens early in the season, you, you're never, never you're never going to know what's going to go through the minds of those players uh, as they continue throughout the season, because they know they had a victory over Stanford, and which is a great you know great ball club and let oh, yeah. Shaw the coach, and so now Oregon they're thinking to themselves, are we jinxed or you know what why did this happen to us? But 
You just have to look in the mirror. I mean, just ball security. I mean, you don't have to say those words. No one's on the sideline. You shouldn't be on the sideline saying, don't fumble. I mean, that's the last right. thing you want to say. You're saying, hold on to the football. I mean, that's a Jimmy Johnson uh, mantra. He, because you, you don't want to put the word fumble out there. You're saying, hold on to the football. So the whole team should be thinking about, let's hold on to this football. Let's let's uh, get a first down or, t- or take the victory formation, whatever we need to do. Let's take it to the locker room for a victory at home. Uh, it didn't happen. So he's going to live with it for the rest of his career, Mario Cristobal who was the uh, offensive line coach at Alabama at one point. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. Uh, always, always an Alabama connection. Well, to me, in the big oh, picture yeah. view of it, was quite simply, you know, Oregon, uh, who we all loved under Chip Kelly, or at least loved to watch, because they were so exciting and so fast. Uh, you know, they've only been so-so in recent years. And then, lo and behold, that, that was the big take-home for me, was I'm watching... <laughs> the early part of that game and you know my first thought and everybody else's I'm guessing was Oregon's back the Oregon we know and loved uh if you wanted to see a a a show or a high-powered offense whatever you want to call it scoring you know that team is back and they have a great quarterback and who played a great great game and uh boom it just all, all those good feelings just disappeared in a heartbeat, uh, to say the least. Not to mention that the dagger in overtime, the touchdown scored by Stanford, was a spectacular play by the six foot seven tight end, who I guess is a volleyball player, or at least it's a ho- it's a hobby of his. And he basically <laughs> like, like he batted the ball to himself, you know, which you know, wasn't an easy thing to do. It wasn't like a thrown up there like a marshmallow it was a you know uh, uh, a hard pass that he simply batted with his one hand and then caught it with both hands so pretty amazing game-winning play to put it mildly yeah there's no question and that ends the night for you in Oregon and the the, the visitors go away as the the victors so that's you know it adds to the to the misery Correct. Correct. No, again, it was unfortunate that this was like, you know, they finally were the Oregon that we remember and suddenly they're not. So that's got to be, again, that just carries extra weight beyond the way they lost. Um, So we'll see. Could be a program changing moment. You never know how these things are going to go after something like that. But, uh, you know, and something you could have never have foreseen going the way it went was easily the upset of the year. Uh, and it may hold that position for the rest of the year, which is, of course, Old Dominion beating Virginia Tech by two touchdowns, no less. Um, you know, they had a touchdown lead, had the ball, and then uh, scored the ceiling touchdown. But that was like... Uh, just remarkable. I mean, Virginia Tech is a flat-out power who, of course, remember dominating Florida State to open the season. Uh, We didn't know then how bad Florida State would be, but uh, nonetheless, they're Virginia Tech. And to see this team light them up for, I believe, 49 points on a Bud Foster defense is just incredible. The game was played in Norfolk, Virginia at Old Dominion, so in-state (laughs) <laughs> schools in the same state 
Yeah. I don't even know if I'd go as far yeah. to call them rivals, but they are now. That's for sure. No, no, John. I didn't know the game was Old Dominion. I didn't have a chance to check the location, but I think that's just the fourth year of football for that program. You're you're very likely right about that. I mean, up to now, their football has been they've been known more as a basketball school, and in particular, women's basketball. As in, Nancy Lieberman went there, I believe, and put that program on the map. Yes, yes, and the late Ann Donovan. Yes, that's that's true. And uh, there per- used to be a perennial powerhouse in that sport. But, yeah, it's amazing how these teams who don't have one particular player probably recruited by Virginia Tech, and yet they're defeating uh, the Hokies. I mean, the, it's incredible, the, the talent level, the disparity, and yet you're able to put together a football team, which is, I think is the most difficult sport to to, to assemble, and then you're, you're beating them. Exactly. Exactly. No, it's nothing short of amazing. Uh, you know, they're an FCS school. Virginia Tech obviously is an FBS school. So just start with that. And then the fact they're in the same state and whatnot, uh, what you said about the his- just the history of the program not being all that long, it's all just really just a shocking, shocking victory and another shocking near victory uh, was Army, uh, the cadets of West Point, the Black Knights going into Oklahoma and basically uh, giving the Sooners all they could handle uh, before finally succumbing. And as we all know, Army just basically runs the ball in effect the old wishbone for lack of a better way of saying it uh but uh, as happens in every game there was a couple situations late where they just simply had to pass they had no choice and both their two pass attempts did not end well (laughs) and that's what enabled uh the sooners to survive and i do mean survive yeah no one could ever predict that happening but john it's funny through the years the times that I've had, to, I've watched Army. Uh, I mean, there was the Sun Bowl when Alabama played them, and they Alabama just escaped with a one point victory against them. And then Auburn was the same thing; they were way ahead of them in, in one of the bowls, and Army came all the way back. So uh, once every once in a while, Oklahoma they can really challenge the Power Five teams. And you know, do you know that in two years that they're going to Oklahoma is going to make the trip to West Point? I did not know that, but I'm going to circle my calendar since I can drive out there, which I've done on a few occasions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a September 26th date at the at this point, and that, that would be a fabulous game to attend. 2020. 2020. Oh, I'm literally going to circle my calendar because the uh, perfect time of year to go out there. There's not many better places on earth than a fall Saturday at. West Point, uh, it's literally special, very special. Of course, the Sooners won 28-21 in overtime. Uh, but yeah, you know, Army is always one of those teams you don't want to play. And now they have a little swagger, with the, you know, when they finally broke that streak, the losing streak against Navy. Uh, you know, now they got that monkey off their back, and now they can play free. And, you know, they bring to the table what basically nobody else brings to the table 
which is just uh, an old-fashioned running game where they just dominate the clock, and they're great. They're a great running team, but, you know, in this day and age, you almost have to throw a, a couple of passes somewhere along the line, usually at the most critical junctures, and that's what happened, and they couldn't get it done, which is understandable given that their focus is really on running. But it was a great game. It was disappointing. I was, like, checking. The game was nowhere to be found on TV, as I'm watching what's happening, and these days it seems like every game is on TV. But luckily, uh, the various channels were kind of doing cut-ins to keep us uh, to give us some video as to what was happening the moment after it happened. So, uh, good stuff, yeah. to say the least. Oh, oh yeah, John. I think it was a pay-per-view game. Actually, uh, I've heard. And Army this week takes on a hot Buffalo team up in uh, Buffalo. Right. Buffalo, I think they're undefeated, right? 4-0. Yeah, so there you go. And that's just like we talked about Virginia and Old Dominion, you know. They're in the same state. That always carries a little extra weight, whether it's Pitt, Penn State, Alabama, Auburn, or in this case, Buffalo and uh, Army. So should be good stuff. And AP, hard to believe. I'm glad we covered those three spectacular games, really. Uh uh, in this segment, but the segment is come to an end. So why don't we take our final break here and still a few things to get more things to get to on the other side. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Beat the crowds and fill that freezer early by tuning into The Revolution with Jim and Trev. We're discussing Deer Week and handing out season tips to make your 2018 deer hunts more successful. Joining us is Lee and Tiffany Lukoski of Crush with Lee and Tiffany, Mark Drury from Bow Madness and Drury's 13, and Jill Gector with Cinch Jeans. Jim and Trav's Deer Craze is presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. Friday afternoons at 1 Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific time 3 p.m eastern time on the voice america sports channel have you had a chance to check out voice america's online magazine and blog press pass if you love our hosts and shows check out articles that give an even deeper perspective plus topics about health and fitness movie reviews philosophy business tips and tactics spirituality positive thought current events and even more about your favorite host it's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. 
Voice America listeners, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. I'm your host, John Inglesby, and back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. But before we get started, my pick of the week for appointment viewing is Ohio State at Penn State this Saturday night at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time. It's a whiteout. Uh, I don't think anybody will ever forget what Penn State did to Ohio State last time they played at Beaver Stadium with the famous blocked field goal uh, in return for a touchdown. Uh, It changed everything at Penn State uh, in an instant, and no one will ever soon forget that. Ohio State is, you know, the number... uh, you know, in the top five, as always. Uh, so, yeah, it's just, uh, it's special. People in Pennsylvania, where I'm from, I grew up near Penn State in central Pennsylvania. Um, Ohio State's number four, Penn State's number eight. Uh, the excitement level is off the charts. Again, white out. Nick Boza, the best player for Ohio State, is out. Uh, had surgery actually last week, so that's obviously going to be a major factor uh, dealing as Ohio State defense deals with Trace McSorley. Uh, they lit it up uh, against Illinois and Lovey Smith last Friday night, uh, Friday night at 9 p.m. game, which was fun to watch. Uh, scored 62 points. So, AP, that's going to be good stuff. And the other good stuff uh, that's going to make it really an an extra special weekend. It's already special enough for me with Penn State, Ohio State. But, yeah, you mix in the Ryder Cup, and now we're talking uh, get the clicker ready and the DVR cranked up because starting at 2 a.m. Eastern time, Friday, as in two hours after midnight uh, on Thursday, this coming Thursday, the Ryder Cup is being held in, of all places, Paris. Uh, I checked the forecast, AP. It's the best forecast imaginable. It's just eight, eight straight days of Sunday, uh, of sunny days, perfect sun in high 60s and low 70s from now through uh, through next Monday, Tuesday. They don't even need to get stay that way through Sunday. It's literally the perfect forecast. And I have been... So excited just thinking about it. I wrote an article yesterday that's on uh, a website I write for, newenglandgolf.golf, on my memories of attending the 1999 Ryder Cup right down the road here in Brookline, Massachusetts at the Country Club, the famous Justin Leonard putt at the time, the greatest comeback in Ryder Cup history. We all remember that day. And uh, so I wrote an article of of my memories from the entire week. So it is really special stuff. And what I really said was it was the, 1999 is what took that comeback that day. That's that famous Sunday is what took the Ryder Cup from being special and popular, even iconic. But it took it to the next level of being basically uh, in the top 10 of every sports fans bucket lists to attend. Yeah, John, it takes that dramatic moment sometimes to get a sport moving and that was certainly uh, something that fans remember and, and it whet their appetite for future, future uh, competitions so yeah, I know a lot of people are looking forward to that, that matchup 
Well, it's going to be great, you know, whether it's Wimbledon or the British Open or the Open, as they call it. Uh, to me, there's nothing like waking up here in the East Coast and many other places in America and just, you know, you wake up, you turn on the TV when these great sports events are, you know, happening across the pond in Europe and boom, there it is. And you're watching live great sports theater and and that there's no better phrase to describe the Ryder Cup than that. And uh, and that's how you start your day. And, <laughs> and we get to do it for three days this weekend. Uh, it's on the continent for the first time in, I think, like 100 years or something. Um, meaning most Ryder Cups, when they're in Europe, it rotates, every, alternates every other year. It's every two years in America, then overseas. Uh, typically, they've been, as we all know, in England, Scotland, and Ireland. But this one's on the continent. And in fact, 2022, it's in Rome. So they're going back to the continent. A pretty couple pretty good cities to have it in over there, I'd say, AP. Uh, uh, Paris and Rome. That's a good way to re-enter the continent, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, th- those are two excellent spots. They, they picked the right right countries, and uh, they'll, they'll draw a lot of attention by being in Paris and Rome, for sure. Oh, no question. Um, I just read a note from a member of a golf organization to which I belong, literally written this morning, and it's uh, what he basically says, in Paris at the moment, walk down the Champs-Élysées from the Louvre, Champs-Élysées from the Louvre, uh, and the entire boulevard, the most famous street in the world, Champs-Élysées, on both sides of the street have flags with the likenesses of the greatest golfers in the world, celebrating the Ryder, upcoming Ryder Cup. I mean, how cool was that? Uh, that's, that's fabulous promotion. Fabulous. So the city's ready, and you knew it would be. And uh, just to close, AP, I mean, my article, as my article says, when I went that Sunday to the Ryder Cup, I'm standing at the 12th green watching all the single matches come through everybody's going crazy as the americans built the lead david duvall tom lehman showing emotion never before seen from those guys sitting right across on the other side of the green was the george bush clan as in george h george w both presidents and they were hanging out with never forget it john elway mario lemieux and uh, of course, Michael Jordan, who is at every Ryder Cup. So I'll never forget just basically standing there for the better part of two hours as the f- single matches came through, staring a mere 20 yards away at, at that group. So that's a flavor of my article and what a Ryder Cup can be like. <laughs> that, that's quite a preview, John, of, of what may happen at, at some of these events coming up. Exactly. It's going to be special stuff. Um, real quickly as we close, AP, uh, Nebraska lost big to Michigan at the big house. And boy, Scott Frost, uh, yet to get back on track. He said it could get worse before it gets better. So that bears watching, I would say, wouldn't you? Yeah, I'm hoping it's not getting any lower than that game against Michigan. That's, that's got to be one of the worst all time in the history of uh, Nebraska football. Exactly right. Uh, so we sh- we shall see. Uh, and AP, hard to believe we're at the end of the show. Thanks as always for joining us. Great conversation, and look forward to doing it again next week with you. 
Hey, it's my pleasure, John. Look forward to it next week. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Our pleasure. And as always, thank you all for listening to All Around Sports. And we look forward to doing it all again next Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. Thanks again for tuning in to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. And we'll talk sports again next week.